Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Chris Waters. His brand new video out is called Road to Damascus. It has some very serious subject matter that we're going to talk about and much, much more. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much, Kelly. Appreciate you having me on. You know, you strike me as a renaissance man. You not only uh, sing, but you write, you act. Well, what's your elevator pitch about who you are? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm a creative. I am an entertainer, and I'm a performer. And I think it took me a while to kind of figure that out. But at the core, I am, I am all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of been a crazy journey, um, like was really, uh, focused on acting, um, years ago. Like I moved to LA in 2010 to pursue acting. And so like music wasn't something that was even on my, my radar. I was very, very focused on the acting thing. And then I don't know, something kind of over time, um, led me to hopping in a studio and, you know, doing a cover just to kind of see if I could do it, um, see what it would sound like if I had, you know, a real studio and a, an engineer and a producer. Um, and then once I did that, I just kept kind of kept moving forward, you know, um, with the with the music thing. And so over time, I think sort of became less interested in the acting stuff and uh more interested in music and so nowadays um nowadays my focus is way more on, on the music i'm doing well it seems like you've taken your experience and your opinions and then really poured that into your songwriting uh road to damascus it, it approaches you know one of the most serious issues of our time school shootings and you've incorporated a lot of news footage and just really gripping footage in the video. Uh, what was, you know, your road that led you, you know, to road to Damascus? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a tough subject. It's it's a controversial one. It's, it's a subject that, you know, it, it's kind of easy to look the other way if you don't want to think about it. Um, I just, you know, if you take some time and really think about how messed up it is that we actually have children like in this country that have been murdered in their classroom. I mean, if you really think about that for a second, I mean, that should shake you to the core. <laughs> like if you, if you have a soul, I, I believe that should shake someone. Um, and so the interesting thing about the song is like, I, I did not, it's not like I set out, like I'm gonna write this, you know, this gun, anti-gun violence track. I, it wasn't something I planned on doing. Um, basically what happened was I messed around a little bit on Logic Pro, uh, you know, although I'm not a producer, um, but I mess, you know, I mess around. And I came across that harp loop and just kind of had that harp loop looping on my computer like over and over and over that chorus of you know this is my road to damascus um <clears throat> government takes no action we got children in caskets like that 
chorus like literally just kind of came out of me and I, I couldn't tell you where it even came from um because like i'm i'm not i wouldn't describe myself as religious you know it's referencing a story from the bible um i did grow up catholic so perhaps it came from somewhere you know deep within my subconscious having grown up uh catholic but it's it's one of those things and you hear artists and songwriters sometimes talk about this concept of like i didn't write the song so, you know whether that's you could call that whatever you want you could call it divine intervention you could call it god but like it just literally like came out of me so that was really interesting yeah you know when i first heard it you reminded me a little bit of the rapper tom mcdonald tom mcdonald i don't think i'm familiar with okay he he talks about a lot of social issues now and has become quite popular actually and and i think just you know rap it seems like the perfect vehicle for your message yeah that's cool like first i love learning about new artists so i'm writing that down tom mcdonald because that's somebody i want to um check out so i appreciate that um oh sure yeah the rap thing it's the rap thing is it's an interesting thing because like i don't really consider myself to be a quote unquote rapper um I really consider myself to be like more of a singer songwriter, a uh, pop artist who raps on some tracks. Um, and that at least as of today, that's how I feel. Right. Because a lot of my stuff, like if you, if you listen to a lot of my other stuff, I mean, at the core, it's, it's pop, it's pop music. Um, but I've always loved hip hop to be honest, like, I mean, my entire life, um, I was just watching, there's a, a documentary about hip hop turning 50 years old this year um, oh, mm -hmm. on PBS called Fight the Power, hosted by uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy. And so like hip hop has been around my entire life and it's, it was, uh, it was a huge influence of mine. And so it's just, I, I guess I'm a little shy to label, like call myself a rapper, um, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, speaking of your pop uh, background, I was on your YouTube channel and found some of your other songs. And, you know, you did a cover of Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. So that really does show a lot of your range there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's... Uh... <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like John Hughes movies from the eighties. Um, it's just, it brings me back to a really nostalgic time. And there's like breakfast club, obviously, um, is such an iconic movie. Um, and so many people love that movie. So many people love that song. And like, it's like the perfect ending to that movie. Um, and yeah, that was one of the first things I did when I, I, worked on you could call it a, my debut ep called rise came out in um, 2018 and we were so excited to just you know mess around with that track and see what we could do and obviously we made it more into a like a electronic deep house type type version uh of the track but um loved i mean one of my favorite memories honestly was like in the studio making that song it was just 
it was like you know i was new to music i was i was new to the game um and we were just experimenting and and we gave it a shot and that track is is i think it's kind of made its way around um the like outside of the u.s like you know just looking at where people are listening to that song it's it's literally like countries all over the globe which is really cool that people are enjoying that one that's such a well-written song. What do you learn as a songwriter when you cover, you know, one of your favorite songs? I learned that I'm not a great songwriter. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I still, like, I'm still new to this, really. Like, it, like I have written, I, I think, if memory serves correctly, I've, I've written less than 10 songs, originals. Mm -hmm. in my entire life right so i think the great writers they write and then they write some more and then they write some more you know and maybe they write 500 songs and they get you know 20 good ones out of that um i haven't i haven't been that way yet like i haven't been someone that's just constantly writing i probably should be um but one of the things that's kind of funny is like every once in a while, someone will hit me up about don't you forget about me and be like, I like this better than the original. And I'm always kind of like, oh, no, please. I mean, it's a compliment, right? But um, I'm kind of like, please don't say that because like, you know, all credit has to go to the original artist that wrote it, right? You know, writing it is the hard part. So covering a song is not that hard. Like it's... It's already, the music's already there. The words are already there for you. So, although it's, I know they're just being nice, and I was like, no, 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 it's not better than the original. No, and, and don't sell yourself short. I mean, the lyrics for Road to Damascus, those are pretty hard hitting. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're obviously a huge music fan. Most of the time, most songs leave you wondering, like, huh like what what are they trying to say there there's a, there's usually a mystery behind it you know there's websites dedicated to trying to figure out the meaning of songs um and with road to damascus i mean it's the opposite approach it is you know exactly what i'm saying um not only the song but the video and that was the intention of it right is like this is a problem i mean this is a huge problem in our in our country and you can try to avoid it and look the other way. But with the song, with the lyrics and with the video, it was kind of like very, like, very, very, like, there's no doubt what I'm saying in the track. It could not be more direct, right? And the video is the same way. I mean, there's no, people aren't like Googling, like, you know, what is he trying to say on this? It's, it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And I think the title, Road to Damascus, you know, I think that gets people thinking right off the bat. Or a lot of people, you kind of have heard that term before. We had to kind of step back and think, wait, where have I heard that? And like you were saying, you know, it uh, refers to the Bible, to Paul. And then wasn't that like Paul on the road to Damascus when he converted to Christianity, when instead of... He was kind of against the early Christians, and then he had this epiphany, and then he became a very pro-Christian. Yeah, exactly. It was, I, was it 
Paul becoming Saul or was it Saul becoming Paul? Oh, you know, I think it was Saul becoming the Apostle Paul. Paul, right. So he was exactly. Um, that's the story of like Saul converting and becoming Paul, which is it like why in the song you hear me reference Saul and Paul in the third verse. Um, but yeah, it became, I mean, besides the story from the Bible, it also like road to Damascus, meaning like a, a moment in someone's life that led to like an epiphany or like some sort of big change in their life. Um, and so that's, that's another way to kind of look at it. Like me kind of going, all right, I've had enough, like, this is such a big problem. Um, maybe a lot of artists don't want to touch this topic with a 10 foot pole, but I'm at a point where I'm going to tackle this. And, and so that's essentially what I did. Mm -hmm. Well, did you have any epiphany when it comes to the issue of school shootings? As far as um, how to solve the issue? Either to solve it or just how to how to react to it. Man, um, you know, I, I do I do look at other countries, right? Like there's four countries that come to mind, like the UK, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. Um, and and those four countries have done a great job at combating uh, gun violence in mass shootings and and in all four of those there was like an incident um a mass shooting that occurred and they you know they rose up to the challenge and said you know we're this is not happening here we're going to figure out a way to um to fix this and they've and all four of those countries have done a great job whether that's restricting automatic rifles or you know I, I think in the UK, like it's even illegal to own a handgun, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I do think like automatic rifles, you know, have no place in communities. Those are weapons of war. And a, a lot of, you know, mass shootings, school shootings, et cetera, are definitely automatic rifles. Um, there's a mental health component, obviously, as well. It's not just about guns. And I do think that a lot of the probably the majority of gun owners in the U.S. are responsible people. They're responsible gun owners. So I'm, I'm definitely not someone that's like, we need to get rid of all guns or ban guns. Um, it's a complicated thing. And I, I don't I don't know if there's like one solution. I think as an artist. I, I de with the video, I, I was hoping to leave the viewer with kind of like, you know, maybe it's a spark for them to do something about it or maybe they reach out to their local government official um i don't know maybe it brings about some sort of change i did, I, I do think it's complicated um and i wish like we could just wave a, a magic wand and fix it but it's not obviously it's way more complex than that i think for a lot of us when we're adults we forget what it's like to be that age, high school or junior high. And I think when we you know, hear about the school shootings, it's hard for a lot of adults to put themselves 
you know, in the shoes of students and to kind of see everything from their point of view. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you were, you know, 10 years old and like a shooting just happened in your neighborhood or close by or in your state or whatever, or you, you know, you heard about it. I would imagine having some serious anxiety about even going to school, you know? Um, I think when, when I grew up, it, I don't know, seemed like a simpler time. I'm sure every generation kind of says that, but, um, you know, my memories of growing up, my youth did not, I was not thinking about gun violence and I definitely was not fearing any sort of incident from happening as far as like a school shooting. So, um, you're right, you're right. But that's, I think, you know, that maybe it's something we got to think about. I mean, what do, what do our children of today? I mean, how is this really affecting their, their mental health? Mm -hmm. So I think for a lot of young people, you know, this is the first generation that's been brought up really on social media. You know, do you think social media helps or hurts at that age? Um, I would probably lean towards hurts. Um, we, when I, again, because I'm an old man, um, there just was no social media. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know. I kind of, there's good and bad, obviously, with social media. Um, but I've just kind of noticed, like, <laughs> a little bit of a decline in our society um, due to technology and, and social media. I think it's got to be pretty tough for kids nowadays um, for various reasons, kind of like it's in a way it's fake. You're like you're, you're just seeing highlights of like the best moments of someone's life. I think it can lead to like a lot of comparison, like, oh my God, that, you know, they're so popular, they're so pretty. Like, like I'm not like that. Like, I think a lot of it could lead to depression. I, I, I don't know, I go through moments where I'm like, I don't even want to touch social media. And then I'm like, oh wait, I've got a new song coming out. <laughs> like I should probably, you know, tell people about it. Um, so for me, it's been more of like a vehicle to at least like get my music out there. But I'm just not a huge social media fan. I, I do think it does more more harm than good. But that's just my take. That's interesting what you say about, you know, people projecting these perfect lives that they really don't have. But when you see that on social media, you know, people feel inferior, like, oh, I don't have those great Instagram photos. I'm not traveling to Europe and you know <laughs> how, yeah. how do you how do you you know reconcile that because uh i see you know your social media and you're very straightforward you know you you share a lot of your life and you know you're not you know pretending to be perfect was that a conscious decision to to share it all yeah i don't know if i share it all but i mean i I like where I'm at and kind of this journey I've been on, like it's been a hell of a ride, right? So I have no problem um, sharing and kind of taking people along the journey. Um, 
I think I've learned a lot. I think I've dealt with a ton of rejection. Um, I think I've grown a lot. And so I don't know, maybe there's somebody out there that's that's taken a nugget or two from me or is inspired by what I've done or my journey. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, with my music, I've tried to do the same thing, right? Like uh, the songs I've put out and for the most part, like it's, it's real, like it's the truth. I've always tried to be like a truth teller. So if my music is that way, um, you know, I would want my social media to kind of match up. So yeah, there's, there's not a lot that I'm like hiding. And even like, there's a lot of info in the songs. Like if you listen to my songs, you can kind of figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And isn't that a relief? When we can say, you know, we're not perfect, we're all on a journey, you know, we're, we're trying to figure life out. But it seems like a lot of, uh, especially young people, they're afraid to show any weakness at all. Yeah, I think there's a strength in vulnera vulnerability, for sure. Um, you know, we're all human beings, right? And so, you know... Social media makes it appear as if we are perfect human beings, and it's just not the case. So, like, I, I don't care who you are, you feel different emotions. You, there's, we all have anger. There's days where we're on top of the world, everything's going great, we're happy as hell. There's, there's dark times. There's people with depression. There's people abusing drugs and alcohol there's very low lows there's people who have suicidal thoughts like the human experience is a complex one you know um and that's kind of my issue with social media is like if you look at everything like oh everything's perfect well it's not you're just getting the highlights and so i remember thinking about we should come up with a social media called low lights <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Why don't we share, like, I don't know. Like, you took a photo of yourself and, like, you think you look like absolute crap. Put it up. <laughs> Having a rough day. I look like shit. You know? Oh, I like that. Or taking out the garbage. Taking out the garbage. Or even more serious is, like, I'm going through a really rough time right now. Mm -hmm. Um that i don't know i just think it's all kind of <laughs> the social media stuff is a little bit i'm probably guilty of it too right like i'm not i'm not putting up photos where i think like this is the worst photo i've ever <laughs> taken uh in a way like you're trying to present like a certain image or something but um i do try to keep it real i i try my best well one thing i like you do with your social media like on TikTok is you do really fun celebrity impressions. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, really at the core, like I am kind of a goofy person. Um, when I was in LA, like I've talked about the acting stuff, uh, I was not only pursuing acting, I did stand up comedy at like the comedy store in Hollywood, um, I think a place called Flappers in Burbank. I was doing improv at the Second City Conservatory in Hollywood. Um, 
I think it took a little class at the Groundlings Improv. And so I, that's another part of me is like, I am kind of goofy. I do uh, celebrity impressions, um, love improv, love standup. And so like, there is definitely a goofiness uh, to me. And, and like, it's, it's interesting and, and the music stuff, like it, you probably don't get that, right? Like I'm not putting up like comedy songs or goofy stuff, but um, I love, I love to laugh. I think it's laughing is like, is, is incredible. Um, and so, yeah, there, there is that. Um, I've, I've done a few like celebrity impression um, YouTube type videos for sure. Yeah. And don't you think laughing or even poking fun at yourself is a great way to relieve some tension? For sure. For sure. If I could laugh every day, I would, I would do it. I try to. Um, it's interesting. Like one of my issues has kind of been not necessarily an issue. It's just that I have so many different interests all going on at the same time. And so like when I was in LA, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do acting. And then I was like, well, I'm going to do improv. And then it was like, well, what about stand up? And what about I'm going to be an impressionist? But wait, I love music, too. I'm going to be a singer. Wait, I'm going to be a rapper. <laughs> like, I have so many different interests. It's kind of cool. Um, but in a way, maybe it's hurting me because I, I haven't really, you know, focused on like one or two things. Now, why is that? Do you think like when you were a child, were you kind of the same way? Uh, when I think back to it, when I was a child, I mean, yeah, I was kind of goofy, always kind of listened to music, always listening to the radio. Um, yeah, it, it definitely like goes back to the beginning of the conversation, like an entertainer, you know, like we would have our cousins and family over and I would always be the one like cracking jokes and trying to make, get people laughing and um for sure like i just i i think i have a lot of different interests and I, it's not necessarily a bad thing um i do think over the last you know four and a half five years like my folk i do i have been pretty focused on music right like kind of finally going all right like it took me all this time to figure this out but like music is a huge passion i absolutely love it and so like let's let's do this so I think my focus has, has gotten a little bit better over the last uh, like four and a half, five years. Now, in addition to that, you're also into fitness. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Well, I've got that addictive personality, right? So I used to uh, be a big partier. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, uh, you know, started drinking at 14 um had a fake id at 15 was buying cakes for parties at at 15. uh just to give you a little background so like i used to love to drink and i was what smoke cigarettes and was kind of a kind of a partier and like when you grow up in wisconsin it's kind of like this is what you do it's really cold there's not a lot going on it seems like everyone <laughs> like you know enjoys their alcohol and there's nothing wrong with that um that's just how i kind of 
grew up. Um, so I still kind of have that addictive thing, but I did I did just make a decision to to go sober. Um, almost come I'm coming up on like seven years of sobriety, and so I've always been interested in in exercise, but probably even more interested in it because you know you get rid of the alcohol, the cigarettes, etc. And now it's like okay, I have these healthy addictions, which are like. Um, hitting the gym like I work I work out basically every day like I you could say I'm addicted to working out and going to the gym I absolutely love it um and you know I'd rather be doing that than like getting drunk and then being hung over for two days <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at on on the fitness stuff well based on all your interests the acting rapping working out growing up catholic you should you should basically have marky mark's career oh man I, hey i would love marky mark's career <laughs> although that's that's now mr mark Wahlberg to the rest of us yes he's the guy <laughs> i do i admire mark Wahlberg. i mean yeah back in the day he was marky mark in the funky bunch um yep. i have no problem admitting i have a few of his tracks on my phone currently um and then i remember him watching him in a movie fear with reese witherspoon and i yeah, loved sure. it yeah loved it loved his performance thought he was incredible actually um and nowadays like he's got to be what in his 50s um uh, yep yep gets up i remember reading like his fitness thing like he's I think he's like an intermittent faster. He only has a six hour window every day where he eats. He's up at like 4.30 in the morning, like hitting the gym with his trainer. So yeah, uh, I, he, and like, I think what he's doing Wahlburgers with the family and um, is an entrepreneur of sorts too. And so, and also was the inspiration behind Entourage, which was like one of my favorite shows. Oh, very nice, very nice. And he, he has re-embraced his Catholic roots. Oh, really? That I did not know. So he checks off all your boxes. <laughs> hey, I I would love Mark Wahlberg's career. Um, I'm uh, I'm nowhere close to that, but but he shows he's one of these people that can juggle multiple disciplines. True. Yeah. I've always like, I, and I love having people like that to kind of look up to um, as like inspirations. They're, you know, guys, other guys that inspired me too were like um, Joe Mangia. I can't even say his name, Joe Mangelino. Um, oh, from uh, True Blood. The guy from True Blood, just because he's a big fitness guy and he's sober. Um, Bradley Cooper another sober superstar actor. I think Brad Pitt is on the sober train. Um, you, you, thanks to uh, Bradley Cooper. So like, I, there's definitely, I always have sort of these guys that I've like admire and look up to. And it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to have people like that in your life that you're kind of striving to, to be. So maybe I could be that for some, you know, somebody younger out there someday. 
Well, see, it's good to transition from you have your role models and then you become mentor to other people. For sure. For sure. I mean, do yeah. you have do you have chances to do that to mentor up and coming creative people? Um, I mean, just this topic makes me think at, at one point I was a big brother, like big for big brothers, big sisters of America. Um, when I lived in San Diego, because I actually had a big brother when I was growing up as a kid. So when I lived in San Diego, I actually became a big brother. Um, his name is Donovan. And that was sort of the first time, like actually in that role, like as a mentor, um, I wasn't really doing music or acting at that time. So it's just kind of spending time with him and a lot of sports and going to Padres games and, and stuff like that. But um, so that was sort of the first direct mentorship role I had, which was really cool. Um, nowadays, I think, I think it's coming. I think I could see it in my future. Um, I still consider myself kind of a newbie. Like if you, if you think about or look at my music and stuff, like my debut EP came out in less than five years ago. So I kind of like, I'm still kind of new to this and I, I think hopefully I'll keep progressing and, and get better and, uh, down the road, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully I could serve as like some sort of mentor. Well, when you think of mentorship and you think of people in high school who feel, you know, disconnected, you know, and maybe some of these shooters, you know, what difference would have a mentor made in their life, especially when a lot of them grow up, you know, maybe in a divorced household, don't have a father figure, you know, how, how do you think, you know, a mentor could step in and maybe turn some of these kids around. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, I come from a divorced uh, household, so um, I, I get it. I think it's really important to have um, mentors and folks that you, you look up to in your life. Um, my father wasn't around that you know, after the divorce too, too much. And so, um, luckily I had a stepfather that came in, my mom ended up remarrying and I had a great relationship with my stepfather. So he kind of filled those shoes. Um, he was a mentor. He was, a somebody who owned, uh, he was an entrepreneur who had started and, and owned and ran a small company in Milwaukee. And I'm really thankful. Like he's no longer with us. He passed away. But um, I'm really thankful that I had him in my life. So I, if you don't have a father or a mother, like, or a stepfather or a stepmother, like I, I do think whether it's big brothers, big sisters, or um, I, like hopefully there's someone in your life that you can talk to, you know, and, and look up to. Um, I think it's really important. You know, it just dawned on me, you know, road to Damascus, you know, talking about school shootings, you know, thinking of high schools. And then, you know, one of your first songs, Don't You Forget About Me, used, you know, in one of the ultimate high school movies, you know, The Breakfast Club. 
do, do you think that is a thread for you, you know, remembering back to that high school experience? Never thought about it until right now, but possibly, possibly because, I mean, I had a, I had a great high school experience. I, I know, like, hearing other people talk about high school, like, it's kind of like 50-50, you know, like 50%, like, oh, yeah, high school was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was so fun and so great. And then the other half, like, oh, my God, like, it was a nightmare. I hated it. I couldn't wait to get out of there type thing, you know. Um, I had a positive high school experience. I mean, I grew up in a town called Wauwatosa just west of Milwaukee. And it was a good place to grow up. Um, I, I was a volleyball player, um, really actually kind of really big into volleyball. It was a big part of my life back then. So loved volleyball, loved the guys I played with on the volleyball team. Um, great, had good friends, um, enjoyed, as I mentioned earlier, enjoyed some alcoholic beverages from time to time. Um, but I really, it, it was a good time. Um, so perhaps, yes, although it's something I never really thought about, but there's also, I did a cover of a, a John Bellion song called 80s Films, and that it literally is, is about like reconnecting with someone you went to high school with years later. So there's another high school sort of uh, reference in, in that track as well. Interesting. Well, I, I could talk about this forever, especially now that I'm psychoanalyzing you. <laughs> Before we go into our final stretch with a few more questions, I, I want to be doubly sure people know where to find you online and listen to your music. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things just to point out is like I just used my name. <laughs> which is my my real name right so it's chris waters um but there are some other chris waters out there so sometimes it does get a little confusing um but obviously i've got a youtube um it's just mr chris waters or if you search on youtube for chris waters hopefully i'll i'll pop up towards the top i hope same with you know spotify um chris waters there soundcloud mr chris waters there um my facebook is actually chris waters music and my instagram is chris waters underscore actor underscore singer so hopefully hopefully that uh you can find me on on those various channels there underscore new marky mark <laughs> oh man this marky mark thing this is fun i, I love I it i think we're i think we're onto something here i love where your head's at mark you know he just has way more money than i do and way more fame and way more success but uh <laughs> it's, it's something i could shoot for you know, he started, well, his brother was the one that got into, what, New Kids on the Block, and then, and then oh, yeah. uh, Mark oh, yeah. said, I, I, no, I'm, I'm going solo. I want all the attention. Yeah, he was also, let's not forget, he was a Calvin Klein underwear model. See, he, he had a, a good manager. 
Yeah, I just remember that was my introduction to him was like, he's the guy in Times Square on the Calvin in, in his underwear. But then he hit us all with the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, which right. I don't know if I was ready for it at the time. But um, yeah, New Kids on the Block, man, that's a that's a blast from the past, too. Like Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg. Yep. And now the, the Funky's uh, Funky Sensation, wasn't that Marky's big hit? Um, his big hit was. Oh, uh, new sensation. What the heck was that called? I thought it was funky sensation. You know, because he was with a funky bunch, so funky sensation. Oh, uh, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, good vibrations. Good vibrations. Like, that's right. And then they, and then they had that woman's, they sampled that woman's voice, and she was such a good vibration. Like it's such a good vibration. Excellent, that Lolita Holloway. Yes, that was the big smash. But yep. on on that debut album, uh, there was some other kind of fun tracks on there. Nice. Uh, See me, do you think that's where your head's at now? You did a pretty heavy song, uh, but do you think you're you're wanting to do some lighter music this year? Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah, Road to Damascus is not. I like. Listen to my song. I did a cover of this song called Dolly, and Dolly is like the most relaxing, chill vibe in the world. And then, listen to Road to Damascus, which is aggressive, sad, and violent and dark and so i i don't you know road to damascus to me is like a one-off it's like it was a like the gun violence thing obviously was bothering me and it was like i got something to say about it so i'm gonna say it but from there like okay let's move on so i'm you took the words right out of my mouth like yeah i'm gonna move on and I can pretty much guarantee you the next thing I do will not be anything like Road to Damascus. Well, would you ever do an out and out, you know, EDM song where like you dance in the video? It's funny you bring up EDM because I actually I'm obsessed right now with deep house, um, specifically like melodic house, melodic and progressive house. So. I don't know what that means. It's just kind of, it's interesting, right? Because like, I just put out a rap in, in air quotes, rap song, hip hop song. But in reality, like what I'm listening to is like this lighter melodic house stuff. Um, so dancing, yeah, I don't know. Well, you're, you're fit now, so. I'm trying. I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. So <laughs> working out now, is like, I'm trying to fight against gravity and aging. Um, you know, it is, it's already a little harder, I think for, you know, a guy to break out in dance music that does seem to be a little dominated by the dance divas. 
but even doubly so when you actually appear in the video and, and do some choreography. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see myself dancing in an EDM video in my future. Like, can you think of any guy that does that currently? Not really. Like, it might be like a DJ guy, right? Like a Calvin Harris, but they're just like turning knobs and bouncing their head up and down. Exactly. That's kind of what I, like, when I think of EDM, I think of Calvin Harris, or I think of like David Guetta. Yeah, and they, they just do a lot of knob turning. They turn knobs and they fist pump and they, they fist pump and they bob their head there's a lot of but don't discount that head bombing it bobbing <laughs> it really influences the sound of the music <laughs> it could it does yeah that's hilarious <laughs> well that's you hilarious. do some djing too uh so what are your dj aspirations yeah um you know, it's interesting. Out of all the social media platforms out there, I probably spend the most amount of time on SoundCloud, to be honest. Um, and one of the things I've been doing is making DJ mixes and putting them up on SoundCloud. And um, I'm still, I still need to get better at like the technical aspects of DJing, such as mixing and transitioning. I don't feel like I'm a pro. But I've put up some mixes that have like somehow found their way into the algorithm on SoundCloud, right? And nowadays it's like everything's driven by an algorithm. Um, so I have these like DJ mixes that are getting pushed out like all over the place on SoundCloud. So, at, you know, every time I log into my SoundCloud account, there's like, it's like nonstop. It's been kind of fun actually, because like these people are all over the globe that are listening to this stuff. I could see a little bit of confusion with my, my music and stuff. Cause it's like, wait, this, he's making like melodic house mixes. And then they listen to road to Damascus and be like, what the heck is this? You know? So I hope it's not confusing for, for anyone out there, but I, I just. Well, at I least love... those things coexist in the same artistic media. Sure. I'd say the harder thing is, oh, you not only do, you know, widely varying music, but you also act, DJ, fitness model, Catholicize. <laughs> well, the Catholic, the Catholic thing is hilarious. I, I grew up Catholic, but that was like first grade through eighth grade. Right. So, so besides Arnold Schwarzenegger, what other celebrity impersonations do you do? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Charles Barkley is kind of like, Kenny, I'm, let me, Ernie, Ernie, let me say this. I love a Milwaukee. I love the Milwaukee, but Ernie, let me say that Giannis, Giannis D is terrible. I'm a... That's a little Barkley. Um, nice. Matthew McConaughey, like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, man. Hey, Kelly, man, I feel like taking my shirt off right here, man. All right, all right. Let's smoke some weed, baby. Um, oh, that's very McConaughey. Very good. <laughs> all right, all right. I love my man, Kelly, man. 
Kelly Hughes right here, baby. That's yeah. about as laid back as you can get. <laughs> we all need so, a little Matthew McConaughey in our life. See, um, now, you know what this is going to lead to, though? Now you're going to become a voice actor. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. I tried to pursue that a little bit, too, but, like, it's just, like, acting, you know? Like, it's, there's so many people already doing it, and, like, it's so competitive. Um, but there's so many animated projects out there right now. All right, all right, all right. Could you do, like, um, Batman? Oof. I don't think I've ever tried Batman. You know, one I've been messing around with a little bit is like uh, an Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah. Which is, let me think. It was something like, for as long as I can remember, we were in the business of crashing weddings. And business was good. We crashed a lot of weddings and met a lot of girls. I should probably introduce myself, by the way. Real name's John Beckwith, by the way. So I'm working on that one. Very good. Okay, now you have to do Arnold. Arnold's like a cliche in the impression thing, but uh, Arnold, um, I can't believe it. You know, I'm on the podcast with Kelly Hughes, and Kelly Hughes is one of my... I love Kelly Hughes, but he's got these small thighs... You know, his thighs look like little toothpicks. You know, if this was a competition, I would destroy him. Kind of reminds me of Lou Ferrigno a little bit. You know, I crush Lou Ferrigno. I love bodybuilding because it always feels, feels like I'm coming when I'm in the gym. And, you know, I'm coming. And when I'm not at the gym, I'm still coming. When I prepare for the bodybuilding competition, I'm coming. So. Well, you're totally spot on with the thigh thing. I, I, yeah, it's kind of crazy because I've never seen your thighs. <laughs> and also, I have to say, I, I once interviewed Lou Ferrigno, so there you go. Oh, man. Yeah. Have you seen Pumping Iron? Yes. Okay. So, a lot, yeah, a lot of that was from Pumping Iron, but like they show Arnold and Lou Ferrigno, you know, and he's like always talking trash to Lou. And he's like, uh, hey, Lou, you know, the competition is tomorrow. You know, if it was two weeks away, perhaps you'd have a shot. But the competition is tomorrow. You timed it wrong, Lou. My mother has already called me to congratulate me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? They need an animated show with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> He's, yeah. Talk about, like you're bringing up Mark Wahlberg. Talk about a life. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean. Now, has he done any rapping? He has not rapped as far as I know, but you got, I mean, bodybuild, like considered the best bodybuilder of all time. Then yep. one of the biggest movie stars of all time then becomes governor of California. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I mean, talk about an amazing life. He, he, was, he lived the American dream. That is for sure. Now, what that make me think of when you said that? Um, so he did bodybuilding, acting, governor. See, people can wear more than one hats. This should encourage you. Yeah, and he ended up marrying Maria Shriver, right? Yep. So, just crazy. So, could you could you maybe marry into uh, 
politically influential family? I would love to. Yeah, if anyone's out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, what I wanted to ask you before we go. I love, you know, Hollywood stories, you know. See, a lot of people in Hollywood now, it's very nepotistic. You know, you don't mm. realize how many children of stars or people in the industry get all the jobs now. Yep. So when you went there, you came from Wisconsin, probably not, you know, the child of, you know, famous people. What was it like for you when you were knocking doors, trying to get a foot in the door? I mean, was it kind of like this whole crazy insider town that didn't want to let anyone else in? Yes, very much so. Hardest thing I ever did, hardest thing anyone could ever possibly do. Like to give you an analogy, um, because I I moved there later in my life to pursue it with almost no experience. So like the analogy is a guy who didn't play high school football didn't play college football, decides to go and try out for an NFL football team. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah, that's a great analogy. That is literally what I did. No experience later. Um, just said, like, I, I do, I still do. I did have a belief in myself. Like, that was the main driving thing. Like, I know I can do this. Well, well um, did you ever, like, uh, were you pray to... You know, those people that say, oh, you need a headshot and resume. And they charge you a thousand bucks, you know, for a shot and a hundred, you know, photos. Like, did you oh, ever yeah. get stuck into those things where, well, to make it, you need to give me $5,000. I never, I heard about that stuff, but I never luckily got like, was a part of that. Um sort of like there was a dirty little game going on with like casting director workshops at the time uh, where like okay. if you want it you could essentially pay to meet a casting director and let's say i don't remember like 50 bucks 75 bucks and it guaranteed you you get in front of the casting director right so like in your head you're like oh well i'm gonna get in front of this casting director and they're gonna love me like Everyone else loves me, you know, and they're going to cast me. But like the reality was these casting directors were just making a ton of money. Yeah. Wow. And, and did you go to like any actor showcase events? I did. I did every like I, when I pursued this and again, I did it for a decade. Like I wasn't half assing it. I was like grinding my butt off. So I was in I was like in classes with the best coaches. I was, I shot headshots with like one of the best headshot photographers in LA. Like I invested heavily from a financial perspective and also from like a time perspective, you know, cause I just, I was like, I got it. I'm going to do this. I was like all in, but you're very right about the nepotism part. Like there's definitely like the insider circle. And I, you know, I was definitely an outsider. Um, you know I, that show Barry with Bill Hader? Yeah. Did you ever take like an acting class like that? Uh, wait, Bear, but Barry was a serial killer, right? Right, he's a serial killer, but he wanted to be an actor. So he took the acting class with Henry Winkler 
was the teacher. Yeah, I've only seen a few episodes of it, so I don't. I don't hey, know put if I that can... on your list next to Tom McDonald. You have to watch all the seasons of Barry just for the acting class scenes. <laughs> yeah, I have heard about them. So, because I did, I took a ton of of acting classes. Um, I, I mean, because you want to, you know, take it all seriously. Because you know, this is your life, your career. You you said you went for it for a decade. But at the same time, looking back, isn't it a little bit fun to also just think of the absurdity of some of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. There's some and there's some great. It was a struggle and it was really hard, but it also. It kind of made me who I am and like rejection doesn't really phase me anymore, like with my music, because I had so much rejection from the acting stuff over a 10 year period. Um, so, so Hollywood gave you a very thick skin. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, what was the most dismissive moment you ever experienced in Hollywood? The most dismissive. Like, did you ever arrive at auditions and they said, oh, sorry, we filled the part, get lost? I definitely was in auditions where I felt like they weren't even paying attention. You know what I mean? Like, walk into a room, they kind of size you up, glance at you, immediately, sit, like, in their head are like, nope. <laughs> so you already know you're, you're out, but then you're still standing there like a total fool for the next five minutes performing the audition. What is the craziest thing you ever auditioned for? Like a commercial or... What what was just the weirdest? Um, I went to an audition once, and it was like at a church, if memory serves correctly. And I got up; it was like up on the third floor, and I got up there, and like the person they were auditioning, I think, was like a a homeless person off the streets mm -hmm. that may have been intoxicated, uh, who gave quite an interesting performance and they were like so they kind of told me like oh just just wait your turn while we audition the homeless drunk person here um so that was interesting Do, did they get the part <laughs> i have no i think i actually walked out i i, I don't think I, I i just was like i don't think this one's <laughs> for me <laughs> sorry well hopefully they realized it's probably best to get an actor who can portray a drunk as opposed to casting a, tr a drunk who's convincing in the audition, but probably won't actually show up for the actual shoot. Yeah, I agree 100%. 100%. Like that, the acting thing to me, like I definitely had some moments like pinch me. I can't believe, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like some really great, cool moments that I'll always uh, cherish. God. So, who is the most famous person you met in Hollywood? Um, I worked with Patrick Wilson. I worked with Brooklyn Decker. I worked with Rob Schneider. Um, oh, Rob Schneider, that must have been fun. Loved it, yeah, because I, I grew up watching Rob on Saturday Night Live. And I did a scene with him. It's on. It's actually still on Netflix, which is hilarious. He did a show called Real Rob that he like. It's his show, right? Like he financed it with his own money. 
It's on Netflix. Um, it's still up there. Did he and like play himself basically? In he it? played himself with his real wife, Patricia. Okay. Patricia was the one that cast me. She like loved my tape I sent in or something. But basically in the scene I'm in with Rob, like I'm working out at the gym. So it was great. I got to work out, which is one of my passions. And then Rob comes up and he like grabs the earbud out of my ears. And I gave him a look and I'm kind of like, if you touch me again, I'm going to knock your effing teeth out of your mouth. Um, it's, it's So it was great. Like, I, I, you know, I couldn't believe it because I was like, I used to watch this guy. That is so cool. I love Rob Schneider. You know, one of my guilty pleasures are, are the Deuce Bigelow movies. <laughs> Male gigolo, baby. They're funny, and I guess they're probably very politically incorrect now, but I thought he was hilarious in them. So funny. So he follows me on Twitter. We, like, we still, every once in a while, we're, we talk to each other. Um, there was a movie of his I was watching. I took a screenshot of it, sent it to him, and he was like, he was like, oh, thanks, pal. Like, you could never make that movie today. So exactly what you're saying. What was it like? He did one, The Hot Chick. I think that's what it was. Where he kind of wakes up in a As, girl's body or vice right. versa, or the girl wakes up in his body. <laughs> yeah, I think it was The Hot Chick. I, okay. It, it was like one of those freaky Friday body switch movies. Yeah, and I was I was dying laughing, and I took a screenshot and sent it to him. And I was like, dude, you're killing me. And that, his response was literally, thanks, you could never make that movie today. I think that's a, a theme for a lot of his. Even when he like um, he does those guest character roles in all the Adam Sandler movies. Oh, yeah. Him and he and Sandler are like best friends. Like he's he's in, basically if Adam Sandler is in a movie, Rob Schneider is in that movie. He is. He's like he he's guaranteed to get a part. He is. I when I was working with him, I was like giving him shit a little bit. Like I'm like, dude, you are in every movie like ever made. And he was like, oh, stop it. You know, I was like, no, I'm serious. You're in every movie. It's just like laughing at me. Oh, that's great. See, my wish is if they turn uh, Deuce Bigelow into a weekly TV series. Be incredible, wouldn't that be great? Netflix, let's do this. <laughs> let's hit the Netflix if they can put Barry on. Well, hey, uh, to wrap up, uh, this has been so fascinating. Want to give you the last word or two here. Um, you know, I've had so many people listening are like you, where you know they love acting, they love music. You know, they've got a lot of different interests but they're not sure which one to pursue. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, follow your heart, follow your gut. I mean, it took me a while to figure it out. So um, Will Ferrell had a great quote I used to love. It was like, I'm just throwing darts at the dartboard, right? So like, I'm trying a lot of different things. I'm throwing darts at the dartboard and like, Hopefully, at some point, I'm going to hit the bullseye. When you hit the bullseye, like you figured it out. I like that. 
You know, I just thought of, you know that website, Cameo, where celebrities will give birthday greetings to people? Oh, yeah. You know, you pay Rob Schneider a hundred bucks and he'll say happy birthday. (laughs) Who knows? He probably goes for a lot more than that. Couldn't you get on that? I wonder if anyone's ever been on that and and they can pay you and you'll like impersonate a celebrity and give a birthday (laughs) greeting. Yeah, yeah, maybe I could do a little Owen Wilson. Um, See, how, how, how would Owen Wilson wish someone a happy birthday? Yeah, he kills me, Owen Wilson. And uh, listen, I've been crashing weddings, like I said, to meet girls. But I also wanted to take time out of my day and wish you a happy birthday. I got to work on that one. Still in development. No, it's got promise. See, what if you could just do like a voicemail version of that where all they hear is your voice? I love anything having to do with like voice acting and impressions. I, I love all that stuff. I would be t- how, so game. How, how about someone hires you to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a bill collector? <laughs> That's an interest. Yeah, I'd just be like, hey, Kelly, it's Arnold. Listen, you haven't paid your utility bills in three months. Your outstanding balance is $397.13. I need, you, I need you to collect on this. If you do not send in the payment within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to show up at your house and terminate you. Oh, my God, this is funner than improv. <laughs> Maybe you could. You should be on that Drew Carey show. Whose line is it anyway? Kelly, I'll do anything. <laughs> see, I I could see you. Maybe you need to get back into improv. I I love it all. I love it all. That's the that again. That's the problem I have. It's like comedy, acting, stand up, impressions, music, rapping, singing, producing, DJing. <laughs> like I. I love it all. It just makes it kind of tough to figure out where I'm going to focus my time. Now, can you do craft services too? I can eat it. <laughs> oh, here's one. How about uh, someone pays you to call someone up as Charles Barkley selling a timeshare condo in Florida? I'm a limit. Let me say this. First of all, Ernie, this timeshare is in one of the best spots in Florida. Problem is, the neighboring area is terrible. But I'm going to say this. You only need to stay there like two or three nights. Kenny, it's going to change your life. Ernie, would you have any interest in maybe booking a timeshare? That's all I got. I like that. See, I think that would keep the, the caller on the line. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I know. Here's one. Someone hires you to uh, be Matthew McConaughey, and you're calling up for someone else to break up with his girlfriend. And, you, and you're using Matthew to do the breakup for him. All right, all right, all right. Hey, Kelly. What's up, my man? Hey, it's Matthew McConaughey, man. Hey, man. 
Turns out your girlfriend, yeah, she's not really feeling it, my man. She wants to end it, but uh, all right, all right. She didn't want to do it herself, so she's having me do it for you or for her. I'm sorry, Kelly. All right. <laughs> See, there's, a, there's, you know, uh, I, I think these all have potential. That Maybe you just need to start your own website called Celebrity Voicemail or something. You got me thinking, yeah, there's a, I have an app on my phone called RoboKiller. And um, it's for spam calls. And it, it has all these funny voicemails on there. So like when spammers call you, they get like this funny message of like Arnold going, yeah, thanks so much for calling, you know, unfortunately I can't come to the phone, you know, something like that would be great. I like that. So kind of like your uh, voicemail greeting. Yeah, but it's specifically like it identifies, okay, this is a spam call. So we're going to, we're going to F. Oh, no, that that's actually very necessary. Like There's I have too many spam calls out there. Yeah, I have one right now. Like they get it's, it's Trump. So like when a spammer calls me, they literally, they get a message from Donald Trump. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, so we're in 2023. You've got about 10 more months to throw darts at the dartboard. You know, uh, what would you like to see stick this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've never performed live, believe it or not. So um, I'm in Denver now. I don't, I don't think we got into that, but I live in Denver. Uh, I would love to start getting out and performing live in Denver. Uh, I mean, as far as my own music or DJing, either or. I'm actually really interested in both. But like getting out live in front of people is kind of on my radar. Um, but yeah, continuing to make some music, um, networking. I want to meet other producers. I would love to collaborate with other artists. Um, and because I, I'm relative, I, I've been in Denver less than a year. I used to live here. I moved back. But I'd love to get my build a network here in Denver. Like no one knows I'm here. No one knows I moved back here. So that's it's kind of exciting. But I would say, yeah, keep making music, performing live, DJing live. I'm going to keep making DJ mixes. Um, and apparently I need to look into some, uh, <laughs> some impression stuff. Maybe work on a, um, a, a, a Rob Schneider impersonation. Oh yeah, I've never tried Rob. <laughs> and I then mean, you could like you could like call him in, like freak him out. <laughs> I yeah, I would have to think about that one. I definitely never attempted that. But the best way, by the way, if there's any people that want to be an impressionist out there, the best way to learn how to do an impression is you watch another comedian do that impression. Ah, very good advice. Bill Hader's very good at impressions. You can go on YouTube and see him do a whole bunch. Nice. I love anybody, anybody that can do impressions. It's, it's hilarious to me. I love it. It's great. You know what I think? You need to get like on Saturday Night Live. I think that would be a good vehicle for you. That would be incredible. I love, I love SNL. That's so funny. Yeah. People in high school used to say that, like friends of mine. They're like, you're going to end up on <laughs> SNL someday. So in Denver, do you have any improv troops? No, I have done 
nothing I have done no improv. I mean, I don't I don't really know. I don't know what the that scene is. Um I'm still kind of exploring out here. I moved back here end of April um last year. Oh wow, so less than a year. You're still getting your footing. Yeah, I just that's kind of one of my goals going forward is just networking, meeting, you know, whether it's other artists or producers or DJs or talent bookers or, you know, very, very interested in, in meeting those folks here in Denver and like growing my network for sure. Have you ever done um, singing telegrams? No. Would that be fun to do just to say you did it? It's an idea. It's an yeah, idea. They could hire you. You, you got to like bring a, a, a thing of balloons and some flowers to someone's doorstep for their birthday. And then you could sing happy birthday as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I like where your head's at. <laughs> Just to do it as like a, have a secret camera. And this could be like your whole kind of YouTube channel. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. This is something <laughs> I've never thought about. Okay, so sing a few bars of Happy Birthday as Arnold Schwarzenegger. When you talk like Arnold, you talk like this. It's happy birthday to you. The guy, I can't believe I'm doing this. Happy birthday to you. This is crazy. I can't believe it. Happy birthday to Kelly, a guy who another good singer. This is insane. <laughs> See, that's good. I don't think I've ever heard an Arnold impression where they sing as Arnold. So I think you've got one up on the competition, Chris. There you go. Thank you for getting that out to the world for me. <laughs> well, hey, you know, for everyone listening, you, you've been hearing the amazing uh, vocal stylings of Chris Waters, who's got a very hard hitting song and video out now called road to damascus that is just the tip of the iceberg with chris i think he's got a lot that he is saving for this year hopefully through youtube or other uh channels and venues you'll be sharing more of your talent so uh, aim high this year and really keep me in the loop i can't wait to see what you do next awesome kelly really appreciate it man thanks so much for having me on it was a lot of fun man Really enjoyed chatting with you. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.